Hey, I'm Christine. And my name is Keith. And this is your favorite Canadian actor. Yeah. Episode two. Episode two. <laughs> We've made it. <laughs> We've made an episode one and we are currently making an episode two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about episode one. A lot of positive thoughts coming our way. It was, uh, it was nice. Uh, people seem to really be enjoying this. We got 10 nominations to announce yes. shortly. Yeah, from the audience, from listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm not arrogant enough to say our fans. But listeners. But listeners. Listeners indeed, yes. Um, so how do you nominate? How does one nominate? So hey, Christine. Hey, Keith. How do I nominate? Well, right now there's three easy ways to nominate. Number one, you can go to our Facebook group, Facebook page. Yes. It's www.facebook.com slash favecanpod, F-A-V-E-C-A-N-P-O-D. Um, like the page, follow the page, and send us a message, a private message. With All you have to do is send the name of your nominee, any Canadian actor you want to throw on there. There are some guidelines you can check out, but if your actor doesn't meet the guidelines, I'll be sure to let you know right away. And there's links to voting there, too. And to listen to our episodes and as listen well. To our episodes. The Honestly the Best Place. It's your one-stop shopping for all things that are your favorite Canadian actor. <laughs> um, you can also get us on Twitter, at favecanpod. Um, same spelling, F-A-V-E-C-A-N-P-O-D. Or you can send us an email at favecanpod, that's F-A-V-E-C-A-N-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can send us just a short email with a name, uh, or even better, a audio file or a uh, couple of sentences as to why you're picking the person you want to pick. Any questions you have, certainly send them to us. Yeah. Any of the three ways, we'll be happy to clarify. Um, so, last week we started our first face-off. We did. Donnelly Rhodes, one of Dan's nominations, mm-hmm. and Tantu Cardinal, That's one right. of Heather's nominations. Had, have we had some votes on that already? We have indeed, right. and it's very close. They have been bouncing ahead of one another, and then it's a tie, and one pulls ahead and one. So it's very close. If you are extremely passionate about either one or just want to vote on something other than a federal election, if you're not all voted out, by all means, uh, that's a good place to go. Um, And both Tantu Cardinal and Donnelly Rhodes are true strands of the fabric that is Canadiana. I have voted. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna ask you who you voted for. Mm -hmm. That is allowed to be confidential. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm excited for the results of this one. For sure. And the results for that and the first three face-offs actually will be on episode four. Which would be mid-December, I suppose, by the time yeah, we get to that. Yeah, about that. As well, our current uh, deadline for nominations is November 30th. But That's please it. get it in quickly. I know one person sent in a nomination that had already been picked by someone else. So mm. they, uh, they've they gone back to research and think about it. And uh, they might hit us again with another one. Sweet. If, yeah, it'd be great if they did. Um, so, uh, so what we have to do in this episode yes. is present a couple of other nominees. Absolutely. Um, so we pulled names from the hat. We did. Like we did last week. We did this one off air due to scheduling because we wanted to know who has to be here, who should mm-hmm. be here for this mm-hmm. recording mm-hmm. session. And who did we choose? It was Matt and myself. That's right. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So Matt and I will be presenting our actor shortly. That'll be uh, going up in the second poll. Right. Um, and that and link I, will be on our Facebook site. Perfect. So I think this is probably a good time to uh, to bring Dan and Matt in. These guys are 
extremely entertaining gentlemen, and I'm interested to hear what they have to say about our new nominees and everything else pertaining to the podcast. All right, Matt, Dan, welcome back. Thank you. Hello. Did we have a uh, chance to listen to the last episode? I did. It was very good. Indeed. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. No, we don't need compliments from our panel, but I <laughs> like them. <laughs> How are we feeling about the rules? You can all stop looking at me so directly. I feel <laughs> I am comfortable. <laughs> no, I'm, I think the rules are great. I think, uh, I think that the two nominees um, up right now, too, are two solid choices, too, so... Mm-hmm. So as far as I know, after our discussion, there weren't any changes to the nominees from any of the panel members? No, absolutely okay. not. No, they're locked in. <laughs> um, so last week, we did have a little chit-chat quickly about, uh, we talked about SCTV. I mean, we had uh, John Candy, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, all on our list of nominees. And then we talked, you know, Rick Moranis, Martin Short. But one name we did not even mention was, was Dave Thomas. Um, oh. Joe Flaherty was. Oh, yeah. No, Joe Flaherty was mentioned briefly. Oh, good. Yes, he was. Yeah, um, and it kind of it, it struck me is just something we should chat about briefly. I know I have you guys here, SCTV. You know, you have you've watched it and you, oh, you know. grew up on it. Exactly. Um, Dave Thomas doesn't get the love he deserves. I don't think he is he the workhorse, the unappreciated workhorse of SCTV. Because on the show itself, he was just as entertaining as. As the rest of them, in he opinion. he was, but he he fell he fell into that trap of being you know he did the Bob and Doug stuff yeah for right. sure and I'm not sure after that he did have a really successful um, television career in the states yeah and yeah. he ended up getting a lot more like film work in the states but I think for SCTV that was his most memorable skit okay um, and maybe he just falls into the trap of that and people I think sometimes forget that Bob and Doug was an SCTV skit. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. And do you know the whole story behind it? Why yeah. they did that? Yeah, go ahead. It was absolutely hilarious. So they're filming in Edmonton, and the CRTC goes to the writers in SCTV, and they say, you don't have enough Canadian content. And so their whole thing was, oh, no problem. <laughs> and they came up with Bob and Doug, and it was a whole joke with the bacon and the beer and how's it going, A and hoser and all that. You and, are Canadian. And, we'll give you Canadian. <laughs> and people loved it. They didn't get it. They were making fun of the CRTC, and then they made an album in that hilarious movie that I love. A lot of people don't like Strange Blue. Brew, Strange Brew, yeah. I think Strange Brew is hysterical. <laughs> I, I like um, it as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they did the, the Christmas album, which was hilarious, with Getty Lee. Getty Lee saying on takeoff. Takeoff, right. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's just it was a name that popped up. I mean, he was there the whole time. He was head writer. Um and certainly, I mean Grace Under Fire and then he was on arrested development for a bit. He's certainly yeah. been around. Oh yeah, big time. It's you just know. I I would uh, I guess suggest that for me personally it's uh, because he's he's too surrounded by such zany people uh, and not being uh, as zany a person himself obviously a good actor and writer mm-hmm. but I mean these people are so off the wall they they demand attention so when he is sharing stage and screen with them it's it's easy to underrate his contribution. Well, that's what you need in comedy, and, and you always kind of have, especially Canada has the 
a huge tradition of these sketch comedy troops who get on CBC and CTV and mm-hmm. stay on there for 25 years, like 22 minutes. Kids in the hall, um, four on the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know there was only one season or one half season of Four on the Floor. Get the hell yeah, out of here! It was only like a very what? short run. Yeah. Did I watch reruns every summer? We for all like did. 10 years? <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> That's how good it was. No. <laughs> yeah, The Frantics. It was only I. I, I could be wrong, but I mean, uh, last I felt time. like that was on because I, I watched it all the time. Yeah, and then Comedy Network picked it up later. And that was um, only like, on for half a year. I think it was only half season. Yeah. What? Yeah. Mr. Canoehead. Yeah, he was only a half year. <laughs> Slightly more than like I don't know, after mash or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy to me. I could be wrong. Yeah. Wikipedia's out there. You know. Well, there's a lot of there's a, there was a lot of those little short runs of of um, you know hometown heroes picnic face mm-hmm. where they were only on for a year. Yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, the Baron Von sketch shows only around for two. It feels like they've been on TV for maybe three. Baroness. Uh, Baroness. Von yeah. Show? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I no. I name. think there was another season of that. Are they? Yeah. Are they still? They're still going, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I would assume. But it's yeah. only season three. But it feels like they've been around for. Yeah. Yeah. That's forever, true. Yeah. Right. It's just. It's just part of the. I don't know. I, it's strange. You know what I find kind of interesting about the sketch comedy because I, <clears throat> I, I didn't watch that stuff growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was as an adult once we got into like sharing clips and sketches on YouTube that I started to engage with it. So I don't mm-hmm. have a really good catalog of, of who was on which show or associated yeah, with right. which acts. And I, for that reason, I have trouble also keeping track of like which shows were Canadian and which of these actors were Canadian because I'm now seeing them in American television shows mm-hmm. or... Yeah, I thought Bizarre was American for the longest, or Canadian rather, for the longest time. Remember John Biner's Bizarre? Oh yeah, Bizarre? absolutely. I yeah. assumed that was a Canadian show. Do you mean the same Bizarre where Donnelly Rhodes played Super Dave Osborne's stunt coordinator? <laughs> Get out! That is the one. Throw it in there, everybody. Hey. Just saying, just saying. Anyways, well, well Bizarre was. Go on. It was produced. Well, was in it in Canada. Toronto? Yeah, it was produced in Canada for uh, the United for States television, American and Canadian television. So it's kind of a. And well, Super I, Dave's Canadian. No, no, his not, name is not mm-hmm. Super Dave. No, the actor's oh, not. No. John Bob Einstein. Bob Einstein, Bob Einstein and uh, Bob Schneider. Was that John Biner? John Biner. John Schneider. John, 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 John Schneider was. Uh, there were a lot of Canadians. Bo Duke, I think. Bo Duke. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the good. I thought he was Canadian. They had Howie Mandel on. A lot. Yeah, Howie Mandel was on. Don Lake, who does a lot of Christopher Guest films, was in it. Okay. And uh, Tom Harvey, I think, was one of the announcers, was on a lot. There was a lot of Canadian actors on there because it was done in Canada. Mm-hmm. But oh, cool. it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't completely a Canadian show. Mm. Um, like X Files. X Files no. was filmed in British Columbia for the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but it sure felt Canadian. Like, it did. And, and we watched it. I mean, it was on all the time. All the time. Kids. Every day. Yeah. ASN for us. Yeah. Quite quite vulgar television for after school. Ooh. Well, apparently the American one showed the, the, breasts, the breasts and, the, and, the, and the, the, the cussing and the whatnots. And I've always thought that part of the fun of Bizarre was the sound effects they made when they cursed. So <laughs> the 1920s oh. car horn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and tweet tweet, you know, stuff like that, um, which you wouldn't have gotten in if you were watching mm, the, the full version. So, yeah. But yeah. I just wanted to bring up that, you know, we're talking about our nominees and had a little bone to pick with uh, the producer because the original email that we got was mm-hmm. to nominate um, a few different actors. I know that we had to go from like five to three. Yes. To narrow it down. And then we got a second email 
that stipulated to pick a human. Yes, absolutely. Specifically. And eliminating my one of my nominees would have been London the dog from Littlest Hobo. But how many how many dogs played the Littlest Hobo? Well, as far as I understand it, then Littlest Hobo ran there were two different unique series of okay. that, if I understand. One that was the one we know was the 80s version. Yeah, and then they jumped the shark with Evil Hobe. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was just and then it was just garbage after that. So as far as I understood, um, the original Littlest Hobo that ran prior to that actually had four dogs, um, all billed as London. And then the later one had seven dogs, I believe, all billed as London. Now, whether or not the four from the original were part of the seven later ones, or if seven was a complete total number, I'm not sure. I've heard different reasons why the name London, if it was the sire or the, the town they were from. But regardless, um, that was uh, quite possibly 11 dogs mm-hmm. playing one role. I, I, I think that Mr. Reynolds is good looking as a man. He is, probably has a butt double or two out there. I think that there was probably one dog. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm... Well, that's where Mark <laughs> is tonight, actually. Yeah. Panelist Mark is. Uh... Yeah, he's filling out as a butt double for, for, for Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Exactly. And, you know, because... Oh, I was thinking Burt Reynolds. Oh. No, no, no butt double. That man had no butt double. <laughs> that is blasphemy. He does that his was, own stunts. Yeah. That was all Burt. Yeah. His butt has its own square on the Walk of Fame, actually. Uh, but, yeah, so, no, there would have been one major dog, though, because it's such yeah. an important show in the history. And if For you sure. look at the range of the animal, like mm-hmm. one week he's Snowball, yeah. the next week he's... Sparkles. The next sure. week he's Willow, right? So he was always a different dog, a different situation, and I mean, did his own stunts for sure. It's, well, I mean, except for his butt double, his, yeah, he had him. six sniff double. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I do have to ask Matt. Now, because this was a German Shepherd, would you consider oh, London? Oh get out of here! Uh, uh, since you did uh, invite me to say something, <laughs> uh, I, I think the entire conversation is an exercise in absurdity. <laughs> A dog. It's a fucking dog. <laughs> hey, wait. Hang on a second. Now, it... man. No disrespect to the canine community. No, none. <laughs> no, Matt is an animal. Yeah. Love dogs. Lover. Yeah, 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 for sure. London did all the special effects himself. So now I have some new nominations that have come in from listeners and uh, friends of the show. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, we've got yeah. ten new ones. May I ask? Uh, 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 will you just be listing them all one after the other, or may may we uh, may we react as you go? I would like to say one and then get uh, some reaction out of you guys. All right. Uh, just to recap, how many do we currently have? So uh, in, we From had eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. And this new ten brings up to twenty-eight. Yeah. All right. Which is a great number. Mm-hmm. We still want. I still want more. We still want more, um, and there are still some glaring names that are are not on the list. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you have somebody, please send it along. We 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 will not bite. Um, even if you ask us to, we will not bite. Uh, <laughs> we're just we're really interested in hearing what people have to say and what they're thinking. So our new nominees that did come from people. Yes, who yes, yes. Us. Please, please, please. From Mike in Ontario, and Mike sent a nice email, um, but I'm just going to throw in a couple points here. Mike's nominee was Dan Aykroyd. Okay. He says, Dan Aykroyd is very funny mm-hmm. and a very good actor. I am going to case in point two Dan Aykroyd roles that I think mm-hmm. where he is it's more on the dramatic side. Um, 
he is uh, fantastic in Driving Miss Daisy. And he is tremendous in My Girl, if you remember that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really liked him in Chaplin as well. And that's apart from his comic stuff. Um, Irving Mainway in Bag of Glass is one of my favorite Saturday Night Live <laughs> skits um, of all time. Um, I'll be honest, I was not a huge Blues Brothers fan, but certainly cut my teeth on Ghostbusters and uh, Great Outdoors. Mm-hmm. And like with Blues Brothers, it's 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 still fun to know that Dan Aykroyd will show up to a bar and get up on stage <laughs> and sing with the band. Like, I love that. Yeah, yeah I love it's it. awesome. Yeah. And uh, this is obscure. I know Matt and I years ago used to talk about this individual. Dan Aykroyd's impression of Tom Snyder is one of the Ooh. greatest things I've ever seen on television. That's wonderful. Yeah. So you guys are all good with Mr. Aykroyd being added to our Absolutely. list? Absolutely. You know, yes. it's I, I love Dan Aykroyd growing yeah. up, and I, you know, you mentioned his dramatic roles, mm-hmm. and I would not have gone to those ones right away. Mm-hmm. I would think of his years on SNL. Yeah. Blues Brothers. Yeah. And Trading Places, I think that was his first feature film with Eddie Murphy. Maybe not. Maybe he did Blues Brothers first. I believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I, I still love that movie. I think it's hysterical. Maybe a little dated now, um, but I thought he was really good in that. And he also did these really weird 80s comedies, Spies Like Us, oh, things yeah. like Chevy that. Chase, you know, yeah. and he was, I, I would go to his comic stuff first, and I, I am a huge fan. And I purposely didn't, because I know the comedy stuff, certainly mm-hmm. Ghostbusters is what, yeah. Everyone, and which he wrote yeah. as well. Um, if I was, oh, did gonna, he write that? Yeah, him and yeah, uh, he did. Uh, Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no way! Oh cool. I think the reason that I uh, Dan Aykroyd just didn't spring to mind for me personally because uh, obviously I, you know, I like the the funny stuff. But uh, there's Dan Aykroyd just has. Uh, well, Wiley is obviously very talented. There's just a lot of big gaps for my personal taste. I'm not into the Blues Brothers. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, it's just not for me. And uh, the and and I think just little things like that where he just kind of. Uh, just missed uh, the mark for me on a couple of things personally. So that, that's why I just forget. Sure. But obviously, uh, very funny guy. Oh my gosh, my favorite Dan Aykroyd movie is The Great Outdoors. I was just about to mention that one. <laughs> Love that movie. If you've not seen Great Outdoors, because I know a lot of the, the younger set may not have, mm. it's uh, it's so charming. <laughs> and Love it's it. funny as hell. And it's John Candy is the... Uh, the, the, they're playing off each other, and they play each other. Yeah, Aykroyd is his brother-in-law. Yeah, uh, yeah, Chet and Roman. Yeah, I their names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's some great scenes with a bear. The bear. The bear. <laughs> the bear. Oh man. Won't say much else about the bear. So, uh, welcome to the fray, Mr. Aykroyd. Uh, happy to have you. Oh, uh, uh, just one more thing yeah. on Aykroyd. Um, I really liked his. It's a really small role, but the movie Gross Point Blank. Oh yeah, which yeah. is a great movie. Really weird, mm-hmm. and he plays the hitman who's trying to start the hitman union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's hysterical. He does it's, some good stuff. Yeah, he yeah. is very funny. I like his guy. Number two, um, second nomination, and unfortunately, I don't have who sent it in on me is. Uh, Michael J. Fox mm-hmm. mentioned last yeah. episode. Yeah, we identified that as yeah. maybe. How a can gap. I, I don't see any case to not put Michael J. Fox on the list. Yeah, Amazing. charming, totally charming, wonderful performer mm-hmm. in my opinion, walked, <laughs> and many people's opinion. Walked away with a show he wasn't supposed to walk away with yeah. in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like Family Ties mm-hmm. was 
within three episodes, they yeah. were like, oh, this is not about the parents anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, say, I mean, uh, Meredith Baxter is, is, is good at what she does. Michael Gross is fantastic at everything he does. And, uh, yeah, so uh, MJF just walked in and walked out with it. Great. And then Back to the Future, Doc Hollywood. What's the one? Him and Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, Bright Lights, Big City was oh, a right. strange yeah. thing for them. See, I always, I always just think of him in, in te- well, Back to the Future, and then uh, um, Family Ties, and Spin City as well. Spin, Spin City, City was yeah. great, which mm-hmm. was great, and it's very sad when the fact they had to leave the show when it was mm-hmm. like just he was just killing it. Yeah, that was have, very funny. And then Charlie Sheen, yeah, took Charlie over? Sheen, mm-hmm. weird. yeah, weird, yeah. And he did all right too. <clears throat> have you seen Michael J. Fox's uh, episode of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yes. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything more. Uh, <laughs> it's some good television. It's some good television. Yeah. <laughs> Number three is not a name. This one comes from Warren in Fredericton. Peter Cullen. Ah, old Mr. Cullen. <laughs> Matt, uh, what would your favorite? You're familiar with Peter Cullen. Peter I am Cullen not. I'm just going to say film I'm not. Me. My favorite Peter Cullen film. Uh, oh, that. The, the the last one. Oh, what if I said great. Autobots roll out? <laughs> what? Peter Cullen is Prime. the voice of <gasps> Optimus Prime. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I thought the voice of Optimus Prime was Orson Welles. No, that was Galvatron. Was there oh, was Galvatron. Unicron or? Oh, right. It was only yeah, in the Galvatron was a one-off. Was Leonard. It was yeah. one-off. Yeah. Peter Cullen is the voice of Optimus Prime. Is he primarily a voice actor? He is. I love that. Yes, and we're going to talk about that in one I second love that. here. Um, okay. The voice of Predator. Um most uh, the kind of various people. The, the growls and stuff? Uh, some of the growls. Uh, Want some candy, I believe, was him. He's also, this is obscure, but it's something I remember from my youth. Um, if you remember Knight Rider, um, there was Kit the car. Yeah. Do you remember Car, the evil Kit? <laughs> I do not. Yellow front. No, this is like 19. I don't know if you would have been born yet. <laughs> it is one of my earliest childhood television memories. Wow. There, there was, hold on, wait a minute. There was an evil kit. Yes, named Carr. <laughs> Dan's just stuck on Car. the evil kit <laughs> yes. part of this. So there was a writing room somewhere. And yeah. The guy's like, man, we need a nemesis <laughs> First. for this talking car. I got it. It's an evil car yeah. that also talks, and its name is it's, Carr. It's K-A-R. Oh, K-A-R. It's sort of the data lore thing. Wow. It's a prototype for Kit. Um, another voice so. that Peter Cullen is known for doing is he is Eeyore on the uh, all the Winnie the Pooh stuff oh. post the original film. I forget who was the original voice, but uh, he, he I've seen interviews with him. He just seems like such a wonderful human being, a great, like, just a gentleman, you know, and loves what he's doing. And... Uh, is just uh, one of these guys. His voice is in our consciousness, but he, his face might not be. You know what I mean? We, it's something we talked about a little bit with Ironside as well. Um, so Christine, Peter Cullen is our first voice, uh, purely voice actor. A lot of them have done voices, but this is a guy who's made his career as a voice actor. I know you have a special appreciation for voice actors. I do. I do have an appreciation for voice actors. So, but you know what? I, I So I will admit I immediately went and, and looked up his IMDb. For sure. 
And there are so many credits. And I feel like there are a lot of voice actors who probably have a similar resume mm -hmm. where they have been involved in so many projects because yeah. it's just, the work is just different. It requires different hours. You can, you're sort of hidden in the background. You can voice a whole lot of cartoons well, without yeah. any, without having a really high profile, without having to go and do all of the, um, you know, the, the, this promotional stuff that actors have For to sure. go and do, right? And takes up their time. Well, someone had told me once, and I don't know if it's accurate or not, but based on the resumes, you could. Um, if you were to take the box office receipts of every movie person X ever acted in, including voice actors, yeah. Frank Welker would be like number one by about 300% or something <laughs> like that. And he, uh, Frank Welker, was the voice of Megatron, the voice of, he does all the dog noise of Santa's little helper. He did some high notes in Lion King that uh, Jeremy <laughs> Irons couldn't reach, I believe. Wow. Um, Freddy from Scooby-Doo, and I believe later Scooby-Doo himself, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean that's exactly it. I mean the lo the, the the resume Peter Cullen has is this is, is amazing. It's away. amazing. It really is. And and and, you, and, and, and all of the like so Transformers being a big one, mm -hmm. um, probably for our generation anyway. But like <clears throat> the the original Transformers and all of the new Transformers as well. Like this is a very long running character <laughs> a friend of mine went to the movies with a friend of his and I, I know this friend of a friend sort of know him to see him I don't think I've ever heard the guy say two words he's very timid very passive mm. so he's sitting and they're sitting in the theaters together watching Transformers the the newish one mm -hmm. the Shia LaBeouf one and Optimus Prime opens his mouth you know whatever he's I am Optimus Prime and it's the same voice that this yeah. guy grew up with and this fellow who I've never seen say much beyond high just clapped his hands and went motherfucking yeah <laughs> And he was just like, he was just blown away that it was still that voice. And this wasn't something he planned. This was just a visceral reaction. Yeah. Like, oh my God, it's Peter Cullen again. Without knowing the name Peter Cullen. So yeah. I'm so glad that this was nominated. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, me too. I figured you would be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like that too. I, I like that we have, a, there's a voice actor nominated. Because, you know, I know a, a lot of, a lot, a lot of the nerds. I'm one myself. <laughs> and I know a lot of Batman nerds. Yeah. Mm. And if you ask any Batman nerd, well, who is their favorite Joker? Mark without Mark Hamill, without missing. I'm not yep. even a Batman nerd. Yeah. And, and it uh, brought him back. Yeah. Like I, he does the perfect. I haven't seen the new Joker yet. No. But uh, a lot of people would tell you that their favorite Joker is Mark Hamill. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He's fine. There's an energy there that. Yeah. Just none of the Caesar. well. <laughs> yeah. Caesar Romero had too much of said energy. Yeah. But <laughs> as of the rest, <laughs> yeah. Um. So our next one. This is one. Oh yes, Matt. Sorry. That's okay, uh, but because I am the dissenting opinion, I absolutely <laughs> must comment before we move on entirely. You're going to tell me that voice actors aren't actors. No, I would never say so crass a thing. Uh, I feel that uh, voice actors uh, cannot be nominated for acting awards. That is the truth. Yeah, yes. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Uh, I also feel that uh, a voice actor's uh, efforts, while uh, very, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not saying that it's not a professional and uh, prosperous acting job. Obviously, people tend. Uh, I read somewhere that people tend to make more money doing their voice work mm -hmm. than they do in their acting gigs. So I mean, it's obviously uh, a lucrative lucrative industry. Um, I, I, I cannot 
personally shake that they can't be nominated for acting awards. And I also mm-hmm. feel that uh, through some uh, some digital manipulation, that those performances could be reproduced as needed, which is not something that you could do for a uh, a visual actor. Understood. Okay. Um. I mean, fair. I've done some voice over where my voice has been so like manipulated. Manipulated, okay. where my voice mm. has been manipulated to the point where, like, it, I could have recorded that on an iPhone. I think for me mentally, it's almost, it's almost more. I would put it like if I had to separate things into two big baskets, I'd put them mm-hmm. in a basket with singers before actors. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Recording but, uh, artists. Yeah, recording <laughs> artists uh, in, in general, but, uh, rather than. But I mean, I don't know. This is just stream of consciousness. I haven't thought about it. And I love that someone mm-hmm. thought of that person sure. as one of their favorite yeah. actors. Mm-hmm. Like um, with Peter Cullen in this case, I mean that the bulk of his stuff is voiceover but he has done quite a bit he's done some on-camera stuff as well which oh, keeps him eligible i suppose <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah no um he's uh yeah no and that's an interesting thing because then you get into well body doubles or, or stunt men or stunt women or that mm-hmm. sort of stuff yeah. it's like they're sort of acting like like was david prowse who was just in the suit was he acting in star wars well i mean if he's not mm. acting is Charlie Chaplin and silent films acting. So it's, it's a very, mm-hmm. very difficult thing. We've got to do some special episodes, I think. Our next nominee comes from Teresa in Grand River. I don't know which Grand River. There's one in Newfoundland. Cool. Um, Teresa suggests Raymond Burr. I grew up watching him on Perry Mason and always thought he was great. It's what Teresa says about Raymond Burr. Um, Perry Mason... Let's add some confusion here. He starred as Ironside um, on uh, Ironside. And also uh, the American, North American version of Godzilla had Raymond Burr sort of dropped in there. Um, Tremendous actor and an amazing uh, biography. I'll leave it at that for now because something... We'll get into that one day. Yeah, just a, an interesting story, and uh, um, he's actually got a biography out that I would like to get my hands on. I I had no clue that he was Canadian. Yeah, he is, yeah. I had no idea. Wow. Born in British Columbia. Yeah. Perry Mason's Canadian. Nice. Yeah, America's right. lawyer, Canadian. <laughs> and, and, uh, also, uh, Guilty Pleasure, Ozzy Osbourne's song, Perry Mason. <laughs> I love that song. I also kind of think like Weird Al wrote it. Maybe so. I doubt it, though. Sounds weird. <laughs> okay, our next one. Um, we'll have some comments, I'm sure. Phil Hartman. Oh. Uh, I mean, certainly did voice stuff. Comedian. Uh, just uh, Mark mentioned last week that the John Candy death got him. Mm-hmm. The Phil Hartman death has never... I, that one still bugs me to this day the uh, amount of work he still could have done and I don't want to get into it too much mm-hmm. but the body of work he had going into it was was pretty pretty solid um, tremendous impressionist or impersonator um, uh, once again no clue he was Canadian until this very Brantford moment. Ontario really yeah he did move to the states quite early and he mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. Um, he designed mm-hmm. a lot of albums from the 70s really album covers yeah the America I think greatest hits I remember it's got the three of them 
Yeah, okay. he did some right. uh, album I'm going to look forward to exploring his, yeah, his bio sure, a little yeah. more. Um, well, yeah, he's, he's, well, as a comedian, he was started on SNL, right? And then well, he, a, a voice actor on The Simpsons, of Groundlings course. Groundlings before that uh, hmm. may have, may, uh, is, is some sources say he created the Pee Wee Herman character along with Paul Rubens. There was a bit of a falling out there. He was Captain Carl on some Pee Wee Herman stuff. He's in the Pee Wee's Big Adventure movie. Um, okay, next up. Uh, this was actually one of Matt's five when we were submitting five. Was Ooh. Rachel McAdams. Oh. Hmm. Matt, do you want to tell me a bit about Miss McAdams? Uh, no. <laughs> I cut her out. Yeah. She, she was she was out of my life, okay. and uh, I moved on with the big three. The big three. But, uh, yeah, she, she was uh, number five, so mm-hmm. definitely on the short list. Definitely not... Does not, uh, and the, the the reason I tried to go in that direction, I trying to think outside of my box, does not make uh, movies uh, or television for me at mm-hmm. all. Not the target audience, mm-hmm. this guy, for uh, Rachel McAdams stuff. But uh, I, I am aware of her uh, capabilities, and I was that's why I was just trying to like uh, force myself outside it. But as uh, as soon as we cut down to three, I uh, I. She's dead to me. Okay, understood. <laughs> oh, I, I think she's quite talented. Uh, Absolutely. Wedding Crashers was her slings and arrows breakthrough. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I think we would need Melanie for this one. Melanie's our our current day person. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe. she was in True Detective season two as well, right? <laughs> Correct. Cut out. I did like. The big one that I remember her from is The Notebook, but I guess that oh, was yeah. not also written maybe for you guys. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> I have heard of The Notebook. A lot of love, though. A lot of love for her. Yeah. yeah. Next, Again, charming. Next on the list comes from Christine in Laval. Not you. Oh. Um, no, that was Rachel McAdams came from Christine in Laval. Sorry. Um, the next one comes from Judy, who I don't know where she lives now, but Judy tells me she's originally from Saskatoon. Eric Peterson. Okay, yeah. Lots of nodding. Yep. Um, Tremendous playwright. Billy Bishop Goes to War. Mm -hmm. Trial of Louis Riel. Mm -hmm. Most people know him from Corner Gas, which is, you know, good and bad, I suppose. Uh, Street Legal. Yeah, Uh, that's where I remember him from. Yeah, Street Legal. Leon Rabinovich? Or am I just being... I don't remember that well. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I remember street legal. uh, Yeah, just, I mean, a Canadian institution for many, many, many years. Yeah, long time. Was he he also on ENG, or was ENG around the same time as street legal? ENG was a little later than street legal. I feel like he was on that show as well. Probably, at least as a... But he's all—he's he, one of those guys too that was—if it was on Canadian television and they needed a dramatic actor, they would bring—they'd bring, they'd bring mm-hmm. him in. Yeah. And he's never been not good. You know, he's been great yeah. all the time. Yeah. I feel like we're covering a lot of my like knowledge gaps tonight. What's ENG? Oh, it was a uh, electronic news gathering. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was just sort of like um, how can I describe it? Um, ER for journalists. Yeah. All right. You know, it was it, like yeah. every week there would be like a hostage situation and the journalist and the cameraman <laughs> would be there and they would <laughs> film it and they would be like, we need the truth in the story and each See, and every week. Dan, <laughs> Dan and Matt and I grew up with dial televisions that had 12 channels. One of them was French, one of them was you, and one of them was a TV guy. Um, Christine came slightly later when 
you needed to, you had to go up to the twenties, I think. Well, right? and, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually something. So I, I, this was just identified recently. I missed a lot of great Canadian television when it was happening. I've watched a lot of stuff in syndication and on YouTube and things, but my family had a little satellite dish. I was going to say a little oh. satellite dish. No, we had a, like a giant mm-hmm. <laughs> satellite One dish in our backyard. Yeah. And so we had, we had a lot of American television. Yeah. And uh, so the Canadian actors that I'm most familiar with are people who made appearances on U.S. television shows. For sure. And uh, our last nomination. Oh, wait, no, uh, second last. Uh, sorry, there's one that came in at the tail end and didn't make the list. Um, our second last is Rick Moranis. This came from Daniel in Halifax. Yeah. His favorite, not you. Um, (laughs) There's a couple. It says, my favorite character in three of my favorite movies, Ghostbusters, Spaceballs, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Nice choices, Daniel from Halifax. Yeah, he's a... He was excited to throw this in. That's great. I love that. Yeah, I I, I love the story too of Rick Moranis and why he got out of acting. Yeah. It was just like I read about, it was very sad and yeah. it was just such mm-hmm. like this like, like really like heartbreaking story. But mm-hmm. the fact that he he left acting to mm-hmm. to be a dad is really really great. Yeah. His, and he his, still does comedy albums, but by himself and like releases it. Limited release. Yeah, yeah he cool. had he has a alter ego. And it's like a cowboy, and he he does these comedy country albums, what? and just releases them periodically, just for oh. something to do. It's awesome. into music, and, and the new <laughs> SCTV reunion, he apparently does show up and partake in mm-hmm. that. So I'm really I'm cool. really excited to see yeah. that. An afternoon with SCTV, it was shot last year, I think. Hopefully, it comes out before this podcast ends. Um, sorry, I said second last. That was our third last. Um, Matt, I'm really glad you're here for this one. Um, Norm McDonald. Mm. Mm. Pers- yes, I love yeah. Norm Macdonald. A- One of my memories of you was your impression of Norm Macdonald's impression of Bob Dole. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so I mean, certainly has done some acting, comedy, writer. I, I like host. that he said that dirty work put him in movie jail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I, I will actually step up. Sure. This one to be the double advocate here, because we discussed this in the original episode that defining an actor, mm-hmm. and I think of anyone, you know, everyone loves Norm Macdonald, but he's only really ever done a little bit of acting, almost cameo work, really. Like Dirty Work was mm-hmm. his movie, mm-hmm. but he's more of a more of a comedian, I think, than Yo, an actor, for sure. and a yeah. presenter as well. The Norm Macdonald show is hilarious. Yeah. His stand up is great. He was great on Weekend Update, but I. No offense to Norm Macdonald, he's no, had no. a great career. I don't really consider him to be an actor. I don't think he would consider himself to be an actor. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think, think he so. would either. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I don't know. It's that's that's one that I did think would come up, and I and I knew it wouldn't be Matt that would have that objection, because I agree. But at the same, well, time, I mean, we've been discussing dogs and <laughs> voices. <laughs> Norm had a show. Yeah, yeah. he had he did a, have show. a show. And he, he did he, have a show. He did show up in enough that I think we could put him through. I mean, he, the, he's absolutely always Norm. I guess that would be the uh, or Bert or, or Bert. <laughs> yeah, what kind of cars this guy drive? Yeah, I, I I think this one was bounced back and forth, but I mm. think we're going to. Uh, I think we should let him through. I think we should accept it. Yeah. On you know we we did define it as our favorite mm-hmm. actor, not For the sure. greatest or finest mm-hmm. performer. Favorite, right. um, I yeah. should I should say too that um, I was at a Halloween party and I told a friend of mine about this podcast. Mm-hmm. 
who I hope is listening to it right now. Hey, Stu. Hey, Stu. And then Stu was very upset that Norm Macdonald was not on the list. Okay. And he proceeded to do his favorite Norm Macdonald bits. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of all night, actually. It was very funny. Um, And our last one that just came in as I was leaving is uh, Anna Paquin. Yeah. The piano, True Mm -hmm. Blood. Indeed. I'll take that. Rogue. Um, right. Among many, many other things. That's a that's a person I forget's Canadian. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I associate her with New Zealand because of the piano, right, right away. Yeah. Um, but no, she was born in Manitoba, and uh, okay. Um, she's she'd also be, despite the fact that she's been around forever, she's now our youngest person on the list. Oh, nice. Thirty-seven, oh. slightly younger than Jay Barrett. That's our youngest person on the list. She's our youngest right now. Yeah. And how long has she been acting? Gosh, probably. Oh God, the piano was what ninety. Four, mm-hmm, I think that wasn't mm-hmm. her first. Interesting. Great, good nomination. Yeah. I like that so one. So that's yeah. ten, and we're still open for more right now till November thirtieth. Um, you can nominate through our Facebook site. It's facebook.com slash favecanpod or by email favecanpod f a v e c a n p o d at gmail dot com. Also, follow us on Twitter, please. Twitter's not doing so well. Um, at FaveCanPod, F-A-V-E-C-A-N-P-O-D. And we are now on Stitcher. Um, you'll have to get that link from one of the other pages because I don't remember it. We'll all be back shortly. Uh, Matt and I are going to quickly present our two picks for the night. Um, that'll go into face-off number two. And the link to vote on that one will be available on our Facebook site and through G- uh, Gmail. If you want to send us an email, we'll send you that link. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, so let's see what we got, Matt. you want to go first? Yes, sure. Thank you. What is uh, the name of your nominee? The name of this gentleman is Michael Ironside. Okay. Uh, Michael Ironside was born in 1950 in Toronto, making him 69 years old. Nice. Uh, He is the (laughs) star of stage, screen, film, and video games, uh, which is an interesting variable considering our earlier discussion. I would argue, and I don't think that anybody would disagree who knows who he is, that Michael Ironside excels at playing assholes. Uh, Michael uh, is also renowned for being a method actor, which makes me worry that he is just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never, I've never met Mr. Ironside. Uh, he first came to my personal attention uh, working with uh, who I think is a shoe-in for favorite Canadian director, David Cronenberg, mm. uh, in Scanners. Scanners came out in like 81, and he played this guy named Daryl Revick, who was uh, a super scanner, made that guy's head blow up in Scanners. Very popular, very popular bad guy. Uh, the 80s were definitely his decade. He uh, was in Visiting Hours in 1982, which is an excellent horror movie set in a hospital. Very much kind of a Canadian ripoff of Halloween 2, mm. which was also set in a hospital. He plays mm-hmm. a serial killer um, hunting sexy people in a hospital, uh, pursued by William Shatner. Mm. So uh, it won't be the first time I talk about this movie, I guess. <laughs> Most people, I shouldn't say most, but I certainly more people uh, than I was uh, prepared to hear about know him as Ham Tyler in V, The Final Battle. Kind of played a good guy, mm. which is uh, 
not like Mr. Ironside, who just looks like a terrible man. Knocked around a little. Top Gun. He was in Top Gun. Extreme yes. Prejudice. Watchers. Just a couple of odds and ends, but he came to my personal attention again in 1990 when he was Richter in Total Recall, one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Total Recall. And he kicked around a bit on Sequest. Oh, I should mention, he was almost RoboCop. Yes. What? Yes. What? Yeah. He couldn't, uh, they couldn't get together on the screen. He, Paul Verhoeven, uh, who of course did Total Recall, uh, wanted him to be RoboCop. But they, they couldn't uh, agree on no the, the, the particulars. Couldn't imagine it being not Peter Weller now. Mm-hmm. Imagine Michael Ironside as RoboCop. That's weird. Uh, anyway, he was on Sequest a little bit. Starship Troopers uh, came out. That was another Paul Verhoeven thing that he was in. Anyway, he started to settle down. He went into the video games. He was uh, in uh, Tom Clancy video games as Sam Fisher, a hero, Command and Conquer. And now he just mostly does voice work and a little TV work. Uh, he still always plays an asshole. I, I, I wish I could meet him. <laughs> What's uh, what I need about to him? Know. What about him makes? It makes him one of your favorites. Because, uh, oh my gosh, uh, it's he, he's uh, such, he's, okay, so I'm a big fan of professional wrestling. And uh, you can really recognize and appreciate a good heel in professional wrestling. And mm. it's the exact same principle from Michael Ironside. Mm. Uh, I, I never met the man. I've never said two words to him. I doubt I ever will. But I hate Michael Ironside. <laughs> yeah. When you see him on screen, you just know. I know. You're supposed to dislike You're this guy. Bad man. <laughs> bad man, Michael Ironside. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. one of my favorite science fiction movies, top five, is Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. And he, he plays the teacher, right? Yeah. And then later becomes the sergeant. I love that character. I love his lines. There's just such a, he is an asshole. But like, <laughs> he's, he's on the good guy's side. Like, it's just, uh, I love that role. You also mentioned Sequest. Yeah, he was Which on Sequest I, a little. I forgot that was even a thing. I think it was post Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, okay, mm. okay. Uh, which, so I mean, this was like, I think maybe my grandmother and somebody else in my hometown watched that show. It didn't last. I at watched all it. I remember watching that. now. It's just all flooding back. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, quickly canceled after he came aboard, which I'm sure has nothing to do with him personally. <laughs> no, no, no. Who's this asshole running the sub now? <laughs> it, it was a good show, and people really liked it, but it never got the footing, I don't think. that. Yeah, no, I always bundled it with sliders in my head as yeah. those like weekend, one-hour dramas that I, I, was, I just missed the age range to find them interesting. Right. Sure. All right. Is, that, uh, is there anything else you want to share about Michael Ironside? Uh, I, I don't think so, other than uh, I am so completely convinced he's a terrible person that he has to be a wonderful actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome, thank you. Um, Keith, who have you got? My pick is about as far from Michael Ironside as you can get, uh, although Toronto is also the hometown. It's, mm. uh, it's Miss Mary Pickford. Um, Mary Pickford was born Gladys Smith in Toronto in 1892. Um, her father was an alcoholic and was pretty much out of the picture by the time she was three. So to make extra money, um, Pickford's mother started renting out rooms in the house. And mm. One of the rooms was rented out to a theater producer who thought that uh, young Gladys uh, and her sister Lottie could uh, do quite well in the, the theater world. So the, uh, he cast them in plays immediately. 
Um, and within a very short amount of time, the family, uh, Gladys, her mother Charlotte, her sister Lottie, and brother Jack were touring and doing theater in Canada and the United States, living on the, uh, riding the rails, as they say. Yeah. Um, uh, the name Gladys Smith was not seen as very marketable. Um, Gladys uh, was seen as too big of a name for such a little girl, mm. and Smith was just too common, so she changed her name to Mary Pickford. Uh, Pickford being a family name, and Mary being a change, a slight change of her middle name, okay. Marie. Um, and immediately went to Broadway. Um, so when the show closed on Broadway, it's called The Warrens of Virginia, she moved to films. Um, she, I guess she did a screen test or an audition for a film she didn't get, but they liked her so much they signed her to a whopping contract of $10 a day. Wow. It was at Biograph. Um, and uh, basically at Biograph, it was almost like rep theater, I think. You you would do a lead one week and then you'd be like a random scrub huh. woman the next week. And they sort of did that in Biograph. They didn't, you, their stars didn't get credit. Um, so when a lady by the name of Florence Lawrence left Biograph... Florence Lawrence! Yes, yes. And we'll talk... Uh, Christine and I will talk about Florence Lawrence yes. down the line somewhere. Um, Florence Lawrence, also a Canadian lady. Um, mm -hmm. When Florence Lawrence leaves Biograph, Mary Pickford was named the new Biograph girl. Um, and she just... She showed great business acumen, did Ms. Pickford. And she really moved until she was... Uh, by 1915, she's getting $10,000. Um a week she can pick her own co-workers um and uh at one point in her career when her contract expired with the studio and they couldn't come to terms the studio actually offered her a quarter of a million dollars to stop acting so they wouldn't have to compete with her wow she immediately not immediately but gradually immediately i guess became a huge star um she was known as the girl with the curls and then more famously america's sweetheart hmm. Um, her roles, uh, she was, you know, an, a grown adult, and she was playing children of 10 years old, 12 years old. In certain movies, she played dual roles. Uh, in Little Lord Fauntleroy, she plays a boy and his mother in different, uh, in different roles. And there's another one, um, yeah, what's Stella Maurice. I think she plays a servant and a sick person, I believe, mm. or someone who's locked in. That's one I haven't seen. Um, she founded her own production company in 1916 um, and when she was getting disillusioned with the way studios were doing it Dan and I talked about this last mm -hmm. week briefly they started uh, she and Charlie Chaplin D.W. Griffin and her husband uh, Douglas Fairbanks started United Artists which gave artists the opportunity to make their own stuff uh, to rent spaces and uh, because UA had United Artists was able to pool their money they uh, could rent theaters that weren't being used because even theaters were owned by studios Paramount owned its own theater, and it would get the Paramount movies. Um, she was just a huge star. She was doing movies like Poor Little Rich Girl, Pollyanna, Rebecca, Sunnybrook, Firms. These were all big, but they were all silence, so unfortunately this generation doesn't know them as, as well as probably could. Um, around 1928, she cut her hair. Um, she had these big fluffy curls that she was known for huh. um, it was almost like when Selleck shaved off his mustache um, so she cut her hair into a bob and she started in Coquette where she was not playing children anymore she played this kind of flirtatious uh, uh, strong willed woman which she had played before but Coquette really pushed it to a, 
to a new li- a new limit. Plus, it was a talkie, which was her first talkie, um, and she wound up getting an Oscar for that. It was the second Oscar given out. Um, she only made a couple more movies, and then she retired in 1933. She was realizing that uh, it was just time to go. She was a little disillusioned with the studio system. She wasn't, even though she did pretty good, she wasn't particularly enamored with talking pictures. Didn't particularly think they were made any sense. Uh, the silence were working fine for her. The reason I added her, I've seen maybe, I mean, she did over 250 films. I've seen maybe 25, 30 of them, some of them shorts. Um, but the reason I'm adding her is she set the, um, she set the blueprint for what stars do, and not just female stars, but stars of all kinds. Um, in you know 1918, she did a Liberty Bond tour across America with a bunch of other stars, and they didn't know if movie stars would be able to sell things. Mm. Like when they sent them out, they were like, uh, "We'll try it. Maybe they'll." Send. And I think they did amazing numbers. Um, she founded the Motion Pictures Relief Fund. That's like the home. It became the home now where a lot of actors live when they're older um, and, and infirm. And the, the original idea with the relief fund was actors would pool their money. And I think it was half of 1% of their salary went into caring for other actors that were sick or ill or couldn't act oh, or, wow. or whatever. Um, Society of Independent Motion Pictures was something. Um, she also became a novelist. I think she only wrote one novel. Um, and she wrote a few books or pamphlets uh, promoting Christian science at one point as well. Hmm. Um, towards the end of her life, she sort of, uh, she kind of went reclusive. Um, not quite Sunset Boulevard reclusive, but she uh, she chose to stay at home. And um, she and her husband, Douglas Fairbanks, had purchased a mansion that uh, they called Pickfair. Um, Pickfair, like Pickford and Fairbanks and a lot of people think that's sort of the uh, the the prototype for Benefer or Brangelina right. where all that <laughs> shit came from um, at a time the 1920s and uh, the silent era it was very raunchy off camera I mean they were they were dirty dirty people with a lot of uh, adventure let's say there were drugs there was booze there was stuff like that um, though I think Miss Pickford did have some issues with alcohol later in life, I believe. Um, during that time, she seemed to be kind of straight-laced. Um, hmm. her, her sister and brother both died of alcoholism quite young. Oh. Um, and they were raunchy partiers. And the joke I read online, not a joke, but a story involved, any time they'd be in one of these parties when Mary Pickford, when they'd see Mary's car pulling in the driveway, everybody would run and, and get their clothes on as quick as they possibly could because when she'd come in, she'd just be livid if they were doing all this raunchy stuff. Um, there's so much more to talk about. I know I've taken on too much of, I've taken up too much time on this one, um, but she's just such a... She's such a pillar of the, um, of the history of Hollywood, and she's one of ours. American sweet, America's sweetheart was Canadian, hmm. you know. Um, and the last thing I would like to mention is that uh, when she married Douglas Fairbanks, um, who was an American, she thought she lost her British subjectness. I guess she was no. She thought she was no longer a British subject because she'd married an English an American. Um, 
1947, Canada officially said there's a thing called citizenship, Canadian citizenship, and she had never not applied for it. Um, later in her life, as she was coming to the end, she actively campaigned to get Canadian citizenship because she wanted to die as a Canadian. Hmm. Um, so I believe the government was like, well, I don't think you ever lost it. There was this back and forth, but they did grant her Canadian citizenship and she died with Canadian American, uh, Canadian and American citizenship. So yeah, I mean, huge star, uh, amazing business person. Yeah, like how interesting that that early she was taking control I guess of her own career like being one of those artists to really take control in terms of business her last contract um, I think it was 1918 she signed a three picture deal now this is ahead of the time and for the three pictures she was to get $650,000 plus half the profits of the film and that was sorry what year 1918 wow and that was a lot of money back then. That was a big days. deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of the biographical... I, I pulled some stuff from different uh, internet sites, but I have to throw a shout-out to the Mary Pickford Foundation. They're on Twitter, um, and, and they're, mm-hmm. they're, it was an organization. Originally, she, she had fi- founded, I believe, or founded the precursor, too. But uh, it was just such a, it's a, such a great site if you're interested in Pickford. Um, and I mean, I think one thing that is going against her is how bloody long ago all this stuff happened. Right. I mean, some of this is over a hundred years old. Wow! But uh, she's a pillar of cinema history. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, thank you for that, Keith. Thank you. Um, do we have any thoughts about who might take this one? I feel like they're so opposite. I'm inclined to think probably Michael Ironside, but. I'm really like thrilled to have heard a little bit about Mary Pickford. Uh, uh, Off-topic question: If I can, sure. uh, if I can get Michael Madsen to nominate himself personally, can he be involved? Unfortunately, I have to say no, but he might be able to nominate somebody he's worked with who would talk to him. He's done a lot of Canadian films. Madsen. Indeed, yeah, that's part of the joke too. I mean, he's probably spent more time in Canada than half of our actual nominees. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Dan, do you? Are you leaning one way or the other yourself, or do you think? Yeah, I am. Is? I am a little bit just because I like uh, a lot of people. I, I like Michael Ironside too, mm-hmm. but I also love the old stories of the old film. And whenever I see that um, the the U and the A yeah. and those old films that yeah. I watched growing up, and you know, I know a lot about um, Mary Pickford, and I know uh, Charlie Chaplin, and mm-hmm. all those old. I, I like silent film too, for sure. Um, so I probably will lean towards that just because of my own nerddom. Mm-hmm. Um, although um, I'm going through my head and thinking, hey, Michael Ironside's been an asshole in a lot. He's was done. he also the bad guy in Dark Man, or was he Dark Man? Uh, he was not. No, no. Uh, I, neither. Neither. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm just assuming that if the, there was an asshole in a movie, it was him. Liam Neeson was Dark Man, and the the bad guy he was in L.A. Law. I forget his name. He was also Doctor Giggles. Oh, uh, Larry Drake. Larry Drake. Larry Drake. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think I might need to to go and like watch some Mary Pickford work. It's, you know, the beauty is public domain, so a lot of it's online. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, the Mary Pickford Foundation as well, I've been following them on mm-hmm. Twitter, and they're actually, there's a lot of uh, releases coming out with modern scores. 
like they're re-releasing these movies mm. with modern scores, which is absolutely awesome. And her films are now streaming on like Amazon Prime and stuff. So nice. it's good to see her still out. Well, it's good mm. to see her work still out there because a lot from that era was lost. So if there is one to see, what would it be? For me, uh, see, I, my, my, my initial gut is to say go to Coquette because she got the Oscar for it. Um, but I would think from the ones I saw, huh, either Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farms. She's good in Pollyanna as well. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have to say... What those three? Pollyanna, Rebecca, Sunnybrook Farms, and... Uh, Poor little rich girl. Actually, go with poor little rich girl. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, it, it's just good stuff. I mean, you know, not everyone can do that. So, so the, uh, so the, this poll, yes, uh, is going to be open until the 22nd. Is that right? Yeah, it's open now, um, as of release date, and it will be open till November 22nd. And there's going to be a two, at least a two day gap where both this poll and the Tantu card. Okay. So I have a little bit rolls. of time to watch some. Movies and yeah, for sure, <laughs> make yeah. my selection. Well, yeah, uh, uh, same to Matt. Michael Ironside performance. Christine can watch. What would you say would be the scanners. quintessential scanners? Absolutely. I love scanners. That's a good movie. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Michael Ironside will make your head explode if you don't fall for him. <laughs> also has uh, with his mind. It also uh, features Louis Del Grande from Seeing Things. Uh, scanners. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually uh, he, he lives in Cape Breton. Louis oh, Del Grande. No very, very amazing. Like he's a somebody nominate Louis Del Grande. He's a. I only know from seeing anything. I don't think I know him in anything else. He's done a, like, a lot of comedy and stuff. Like just an interesting character. Even from see, even if seeing things is the only thing you've ever seen, it's just he was so far ahead of his time and he wrote it. No, oh, yeah, no. Anyway, he wrote uh, that too. He wrote it, yeah. Creator and uh, I mean that was ahead of way ahead of its time. So our uh, poll, Mary Pickford and Michael Ironside, is up now. It'll be up till uh, 22nd of November, 20th of November? 22nd. 22nd, 22nd of November. Um, and the uh, Tantu Cardinal and Donnelly Rhodes poll is still up for another couple days. So uh, with that... I think that's all we got. That's all we got. That's so, our show for tonight. So thank you very much, Dan. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you, Christine. Hey, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. So wherever you are and whenever you are, Thanks for listening.